I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And this is Radio vs. the Martians. It's, it's bizarre, but it's kind of funny talking about how do the same people make a thing and then seem to not understand the thing they made. It reminds me, I don't know, have you seen uh, the 2018 Halloween movie? I have not. Okay. I um, have, yes. They just made a sequel to it, Halloween Kills. And that is exactly the story of what happened with these two movies that... Um, Chelsea, I don't know if you're a big slasher movie fan, horror movie fan at all. Um, I, I've seen a little bit. I don't really seek them out, but I have seen some. I haven't just like been devoid of horror or slasher movies in my life. <laughs> Halloween as a franchise has a wide pendulum swing of quality. It probably more than like, any other fan. Like a lot of horror franchises. Yeah. Because uh, they, when they when they move away from the people who originally created them, they just lapse into self parody, <laughs> and that's probably why yeah. 2018 was so interesting. Is it had a a way of just erasing all of the goofy goofy shit and trying to tell a continuation of the original story in a way that made it modern and interesting and relevant. I guess you. That could was say. the thing that I really liked about it. Is I think that uh, Halloween 2018 has a lot of things to say about horror movies and slasher movies, but also how we talk about serial killers. And instead of, you know, these movies being the de facto role of the serial killer to be the hero, who's the person we follow that we kind of root for as they just hack and bludgeon and stab a bunch of interchangeable screamy people. And as that, that kind of genre really got big in the late eighties they really kind of started making the victim characters in horror movies reprehensible. So you kind of wanted them to die. You wanted to see horrible things happen to these stupid people. <laughs> so you're kind of rooting for this super psycho killer. Um, and this movie has a lot to say about that because instead of us wondering, Oh, what is inside Michael Myers head? They just go, no, he's a fucking asshole. He's a monster who kills people. I don't care if he had a sad childhood. I don't care that maybe his mom didn't hug him enough or anything like that. He's not a, there's no secret amazing thing about the human condition. I'm going to learn digging underneath this. He's just needs to be kept away where he can't hurt other people because, um, instead of wondering about him, do we even give a shit about the people he kills and the people who are left with this horrible trauma and what that Halloween movie has a lot to say about that. And, and it's kind of fascinating because it isn't, it, it also has a lot of off-screen kills, kills done in a way that make you empathize with the victim trying to escape. So you're in that mindset rather than the mindset of, yeah, get that stupid person. And it's really effective. It has a lot to say about a lot of things. And I know that the worst people on the internet would scream about it being super woke or whatever, but um, podcasters are one of the bad guys in that movie. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, uh, I, I think more the, probably more germane is that the it's about trauma and passing trauma down throughout the generations, which is kind of an insanely heady idea for a slasher movie, which is usually a pretty conservative and usually pretty glib uh, sort of message in any in any like slasher movie, right? And this is about trauma. It's yeah. about shared trauma and ge- generational trauma. I, I mean, I think we we do see that a little bit with like I haven't seen a ton of movies, but I've seen TV shows about killers like uh, 
Dexter and right now I'm watching you and they and they try to do this thing where they like you said get you to get in their head and empathize a little bit and it always comes down to they have a very traumatic and terrible childhood that affected them in a certain way and for some reason it makes them it gives them these terrible urges or their dark passenger or whatever you want to call it so that's a theme that we do see a lot and certainly to varying degrees of effectiveness um where you if once you i think it's a good show if it can kind of get you to start to think yeah you know maybe he is right maybe he's not the worst person in the world and like look at these terrible people and what they were doing and he stopped them and maybe you know once you start to go down that path but if they're just an irredeemable evil thing then it's like what else is there for you in this tv or movie other than let's see the all the cool ways they can like you know absolutely dismember human beings that are like flesh bags that exist to be slashed to ribbons (laughs) and you know uh in in exciting in different ways like saw or something like yeah um yeah that's where it gets weird but that's what's so weird though is that the sequel Halloween kills goes, it starts reveling in all the stuff that the last movie denounced and it's made and written, co-written by the same people where suddenly it is about Michael Myers being this sort of transcendent murder Messiah rather than just a very sick man who walks around with a knife, who's just fundamentally broken and cruel in some way and doesn't have feelings. The thing that makes Michael Myers an effective bad guy is that he has no discerning motivation. And when you start digging into that and turning him to some supernatural force, it just becomes not interesting. And they just, they start treating people like meatbags in this movie. They have a lot of really weird contradictory messages that they're trying to send like one that was almost interesting was a bunch of people going yeah we're not gonna have another one of these rampages on our hands and they basically start to say something about mob justice and then there's another guy who escaped from the same bus as michael myers and he's an innocent guy and they don't know what michael myers looks like under his mask they just assume this is michael myers even though he's like a foot shorter than michael myers (laughs) and has a completely different build and is still he's not in the dark jumpsuit that michael myers in he's in the hospital jumpsuit and it's like there is something to say and they actually do drive this guy to kill himself and they're like okay we're saying something about mob justice and how your sort of anger if it's unfocused and you don't really care if this person uh is the person who's responsible for your pain or not there's something to be said there and the character played by anthony michael hall who get all these people really angry and basically scared this mentally ill man into jumping off a building because they thought he thought he was going to be torn to shreds he doesn't have this big moment instead less than 30 minutes later that same angry mob shows up as the deus ex machina to save judy greer's character Mm -hmm. and instead of this being this horrible misguided kind of you know anger that people get to build up is sort of a little lynch mob. Instead, it's like this weird, empowering sort of community group of, uh, yeah. What is the takeaway from that? You win some, you lose some. Hey, they got it right. Like 50% of the time, which is pretty good. And the fact that we just <laughs> killed an innocent man, didn't give us any pause to go out again. And it just, it's the weirdest most, you have to double down. Now, now you're invested. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. We're it's bound sunk, to get costs. Him, sunk costs. You're bound to get him one of these times. Yeah. If we kill enough people, we'll kill a person who deserves it. <laughs> At least get someone who's the right height next time. Yeah, it's just, it is just ridiculous. And the movie's sort of full of that. And it also, you don't really care about any of these people. That everyone is at best a vignette character. That you get just enough to make you feel a little bit bad for them. But the la- it's like, 
I don't mind. I like a lot of really trashy, frequently very problematic slasher films. I like a lot of those, but I go into them knowing that I'm watching fun trash and I don't go into them for something more, but this is a direct sequel to something that was better than all of that and was trying to be better than all of that. And this movie is disguising itself. It's cosplaying as being better than that. And it's like, if you're just going to make trash, just sell yourself as trash and I'll eat some trash. <laughs> but Don't put parsley on it and tell me that I'm eating something amazing. Well, you know, it's like when you get these franchises that have gone on so long, it almost gets the feeling like, well, it's that time of year and we got to make another Halloween movie. Do we? Is it because we're so inspired and we have this incredible story to tell? Probably not, but it's it's time. Here, lock yourself in. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it gets so tiring. Um, but I guess that's the thing is I normally wouldn't feel disappointment with trash because I, again, I like trash. <laughs> um, but Oh, it, it's kind of probably one of the reasons I'm kind of down on Jaws 2. Not because Jaws oh. 2 is bad, but because Jaws 2 is a sequel to Jaws. Yeah. And yeah. it set a bar. And I'm going to compare it to that movie, even though Jaws 2, for a monster movie, is way better than most other monster movies of its era, or even a lot of the slasher stuff that followed. Um it's dumber than the first Jaws. It has more spectacle than the next Jaws. The shark attacks a helicopter and makes it explode in Jaws 2. Uh, there's a scene where the shark attacks a motorboat and a lady in it. I don't know what she's trying to do, but she grabs like a gas can to maybe throw it or hit the shark with it. But all it does while the shark is shaking the boat is she's shaking gasoline on herself. And then somebody fires a <laughs> flare and the person bursts into flames. That is that is. That is oh artisanal trash. That is like that's Sharknado level almost. Like it's like they were going for parody but didn't. That oh man. That is the stuff that makes a movie spectacularly crazy. But I don't want it to be the sequel to Jaws. Yeah. And that that's what I mean is that you I would be fine with this being a garden variety slasher film that treats people like meat. But some of these people, I went out of my way to invest myself in from the last movie and they just throw most of that stuff like every piece of character growth or the shit that went on between um uh, laurie strode's granddaughter and her boyfriend who in the last movie was revealed to be a fucking creep is just thrown out and now he's just a standard guy in a horror movie yeah radio versus the martians is hosted by mike gillis and casey doran this podcast is recorded in beautiful valverde in seattle washington our chief engineer is Casey Dorn, and our editor is Mike Gillis. Our original theme music is written and performed by James Wetzel. Special thanks to Sam Mulvey, Rob Kelly, James Wetzel, Paul Rue, Tobias Panshin, Scott Kramer, Kyle Hepworth, and Todd Maxfield-Matsumoto. Please take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please consider becoming one of our Patreon subscribers. Even just a dollar a month gives you access to exclusive episodes. And you can always find us online at RadioVersusTheMartians.com. Listen, folks, listen, folks, please.
The boogeyman is at large. He's got no choice but to emerge. He is an apex predator. When he surfaces, there will be no pause. There will be no empathy. This ends when Michael is dead. Michael Myers will be executed tonight, and it will not go without witness. We need all of you. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight.